0: Welcome to Kibi of Liberty.
1: Jeffrey, how's it going?
0: Good. How are you doing, Matt?
1: So anything going on the last couple of weeks?
0: <laughs> yeah, we're uh we I, I went on a two three family reunions. <laughs> Uh, and we launched the movie Sound of Freedom. Yeah, and and you launched on July Fourth, right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you know how big it was going to be? Like, were, were were the were the purchases stacked up because of your business model, or were you are you surprised?
0: We knew that we were going to make money on it, um, because of our model. Yeah, like we understand how our audience works and how we're very sophisticated system to make sure that we don't lose money. Yeah. Um, or at least lose as little as possible if something goes wrong. But so far we haven't lost money on a theatrical release. And, um, but we did, I, we did not know that it was going to first take, we, we thought we could take down Indiana Jones on the fourth. We did believe that that was our goal. Um, but we didn't know that's that we, pretty audacious, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, I, we were also betting it was going to be a flop. Uh, people because of the buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody online call it called it Geriatric Jones. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a, um, it's not, it, it doesn't seem interesting after the last Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. So there, we were, we did bet that, that it wasn't going to do well. And between it not doing well, and then Sound of Freedom outperforming expectations. That was our goal. Is can, can we beat out Indiana Jones? So, first Indiana Jones, but then, then we beat out, beat out Insidious. And then uh, this last weekend and these last few days, we've been beating out uh, Mission Impossible. So, Mission Impossible is not on the list of projects that we might, and it's not a slouch of a movie. It's not like they consider it a big flop. Right. It's doing, right. it's done well. Yeah.
1: And you're, um, Talk talk a little bit about the the growth in in viewership from July fourth until like I don't know if it's peaked yet. But. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's the hardest part of getting this movie launched was we went after July fourth, which is technically for an independent studio that's considered suicide. We even had advisors who had worked in. Tops, like the very top of the top studios who were interested in helping. And then when we said we're going to go for July 4th, one of them he just said to me or said to us, he said, if you go on July 4th, I'm out because I don't work on failures and you guys will fail. And so going after July 4th, the hardest part is that all these different movies have contracts in place that, it, that they get a certain number of theaters. And they, um, those contracts, they can't undo those contracts. And so we basically had to say, well, we've got to be everybody else at the bottom in order to get our spots. And so we, we got, we got there and the first week just, it was sellouts across the board. You, you couldn't get into sound of freedom. And then they gave us 300 more screens, somewhere around 300 more theaters nationwide. And that jump allowed us to the next week actually increase in sales by over 35%. And there's only a few movies that have ever increased in sales over 35% in their second week. And all of them were on Christmas. Yeah. So this is the first time this has ever happened. And then this last weekend, we were up from our first weekend, even though our total seat counts decreased because you can have a total number of locations and in those locations you can have 25 seat auditoriums or you can have 1000 you know 500 seat auditoriums and it varies greatly depending on which auditorium you're, you're put in and so we our auditorium shrunk some because bar, bar barbenheimer yeah. came in came in and they're they're just a force and so my wife had to explain to me what that word was <laughs> i didn't get it. Yeah, it's Barbie and Oppenheimer for for those who yeah uh, don't know. And so they came in, and so our seat counts have decreased, but our actual activity is staying strong. And um, so first week did really well. Second week up over thirty five percent. Second weekend, third weekend still better than the first weekend. And I think we're going to keep cranking because the demand is not slowing.
1: Yeah, and you've you've proven the point to. the the overlords that allocate uh, theater slots.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, this is the fascinating thing about Hollywood. So, Hollywood is a bubble in LA, and then you've got, and they have gatekeepers, and they've got their systems. Then you have exhibitors. Exhibitors are the theater owners, and they're average people all across the country. Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands of independent small business owners and most of them don't actually align that well with Hollywood, and so if you can make them money, they want you, Yeah. right? And you, should, but proving that out is is a challenge.
1: In creating some um, product diversity to, to try to, to reignite theaters, because I I haven't paid much attention, but I just assumed that um, that I just assumed that COVID killed the the theater industry, and and I know they probably took a beating, but apparently this, this past weekend was their, yep. their comeback.
0: Yeah, this is this is the true comeback. So yeah. since, since the pandemic, uh, so Sound of Freedom was kind of the first signal of that. It's the first non, um, you, Insidious is like number six or seven or something, I don't know, but Insidious is one of those am- amazing franchises that goes and the worst it's rated on Rotten Tomatoes by audiences and critics, the more people show up. Only the first one had any positive ratings, <laughs> yeah. but they just they're just like a little juggernaut that just keeps going. And then you've got Indiana Jones number, I don't remember what number it was. And then you've got Mission Impossible number seven, and you have um, it's just it's just sequel after sequel after sequel. And then Sound of Freedom comes in, not a sequel, Completely the original piece, and and is showing tremendous life. Barbie original piece it's not it's not been done in movies well not like this before and. Oppenheimer, it's original piece. And so um, with Barbie doing, being the biggest movie of the year so far, Oppenheimer being a gigantic movie, Sound of Freedom being a gigantic movie, Mission Impossible being a gigantic movie, basically the theaters are full of movies that are selling out. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's completely changing. I mean, if you go on the Reddit threads where all the, there's whole entire th- Reddit threads that are all just theater employees. They're like, this was the hardest weekend of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> One person said, I aged 10 years this weekend. <laughs> wow, wow. So I don't really know the, I mean, I've,
1: I've read a little bit, but I don't really know the, the story about how you guys, Angel Studios, came upon this project. Because this movie was, I, I know this because I watched the, the call to action at the end. This movie was completed five years ago? Yes, yeah. And, and Disney dumped them? T-
0: tell me the story. Like is am yeah. I getting this right? Yeah, so yeah. they they initially Alejandro Monteverde, he originally was writing a movie called The Model. And it was a fictional one that he felt called to do around child sex slavery. Mm-hmm. And he met Tim Ballard and learned that his story was actually better. Than the story that he was, there was a lot of parallels, but it was better than the actual story he, that they were writing. And so he said, well, this will help. I think I'm going to adjust. And then Fox picked it up. Fox uh, picked up the movie and then they got acquired by Disney by the time it was ready to launch. And Disney, for some reason, um, it didn't fit their branding. It didn't, they, they. They, I mean, right now they they say, uh, years later, they're they Disney is saying we didn't even know this existed. Yeah. Right. Uh, There's so many things going on inside the Disney umbrella, but they, they didn't feel like it fit their brand. They 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 sold it back to Eduardo, the the producer. This this movie is created by three Mexican men who are producers and directors, and they buy it back and then the pandemic hits and then you've got, um, they they just having struggles the whole, the whole way through, they could not find a good fit. And my brother, Neil, who's the CEO of angel studios was speaking at the world Congress of family. Is that uh, something like that in Mm -hmm. Mexico city. Mm -hmm. And when he's there, he's on a board with Eduardo and he meets Eduardo, the executive producer of this, this, uh of sound of freedom and they hit it off really well but they had no idea that this movie was a connection and then months later when uh tim ballard and jim caviezel they came over to our offices jim comes in the office and within i don't know i was i was trying to explain our model to him and within I, I don't even think I had hardly even explained the model, and Jim just says, my heart's leaping outside of me because this is the place where we're gonna launch this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's such a, like, a passionate person, and, and so they connect with Eduardo, and then Neil and Eduardo connect and realize, oh, we're already friends and we already trust each other, and then the whole thing came together. At Kibbe on Liberty, freedom is a lifestyle 24-7, something you live and
1: breathe and wear every day. If that describes you, you need the very best Liberty swag in the market today. Just like this shirt I happen to be wearing. Go to freethepeople.org KOL and check out our exciting merch. You too can love Liberty and look cool. That's amazing, that's amazing. I, I, would, I would think that uh, Caviezel would have some understanding given his experience with the Passion of the Christ Yes. What a what a um not a crowdfunded but a but a grassroots campaign to fill theaters would look like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean my my experience with Jim at that point was very limited, but the, the speed at which he was like, This is the place that yeah. we're gonna be at. Yeah. And um he's the actor in the film, he's not the not the producer, not the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's saying, I'm gonna go tell these guys to get on board. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and when was that? So from the moment you guys said we're gonna to work together to July 4th of this year, how long was that?
0: I think when we finally, uh, it wasn't finally, it was uh, like six days from the time we met with Jim to the time we did docs, mm-hmm. did the documents. And um, and then from that point, I think it was like 80 days somewhere in that range to launch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> it was very very
1: fast. So so you, you haven't slept in quite a while is what you're saying.
0: No, we we haven't this is a this is a massive campaign. I yeah. mean, we have hundreds of people working on this campaign from all over the place. The ha- and then uh, the the amount of coordination and we launched it in Spanish and English simultaneously in the United States. Like for, uh, cool fact is this is this, since launch, it's been the number one film in Puerto Rico. And wow. it's just blowing up in Puerto Rico, which is a good sign for, as it moves into Latin America.
1: Yeah. So, um, about almost a year ago to this day, um, I talked to your brothers at Freedom Fest, and we were talking about the Angel Studios model, and we were talking about Tuttle Twins. Yeah, I brought the uh, hat to you represent. You got your appropriate branding. Um, this, this is a little bit different because you're putting butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Um, how does, uh, and, and if, if we'll, we'll get into it a little bit here, but I want people to go back and watch it because a lot of what we talked about was very predictive of, of this moment that you're in right now. Like this, this, is a, this is a complete paradigm shift away from the top-down Hollywood model, the, the, the front-loaded, hyper-expensive um, production costs in Hollywood um, and everything else. But how does this, how did the model, that you built for the Chosen and, and Tuttle Twins, and you have a number of other projects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 was built for this, but you didn't intend to go to theaters, did you, or did you?
0: No, i've I've been um, I've been kind of like a non theater person. I've been the poop. I, I've been like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. theaters are not the future. It wasn't until about a maybe eight months ago that i read an article um from the rabbit room which is andrew andrew peterson who's who's doing another series with us called the wing feather saga it's a fantasy series it's amazing series on angel and um based on his books which is a best-selling book series and the the wing feather saga um they've got a Andrew's got this group called The Rabbit Room, and they wrote this blog post that's called The Sacrament of Cinema. And they compare the cinema to sacrament at church, which I thought was really interesting, Mm -hmm. where you go in, you're with a group of people, it's a communal experience, and you set down all of your distractions, and you focus on one thing, which is the sacrament in Christ. Or in cinema, you go in, you get rid of all your distractions voluntarily, there's no pause button, there's no, you, you're all in it together, and you're all gonna experience the exact same thing at the exact same time, and you're all focused on one subject, which is whatever that director and that storyteller has created for you on the screen. And it's, it's, it has a lot of parallels. And as I, as, I, as I read that article, and then Jared Giese, our VP of Global Distribution, came to us and he had been telling me for um, maybe a year and a half that we should do more theater stuff. And he brought this film called His Only Son, which is a, the story of Abraham. And you're, you're basically in the wilderness with Abraham for three days in this movie. And it's, it's pacing is slow, but it is beautiful, beautiful landscapes rated so well because it just did this the actor just carries abraham and it's one of those movies where if you didn't if it it did really well in the box office we did number three in the box office at easter time with his only son and um that movie never would have succeeded if it hadn't been in theaters because you have a pause button And you have distractions, and in order to have this like contemplative meditational experience with Abraham, and him, you know, like preparing to offer his son as a sacrifice, in order to have that, you have to just like it's that it's that surrender all your screens and everything. And so, I've flipped on this and realized that right now people are actually hungry, even though it is the silver screen. People are hungry to give up social media Mm -hmm. and they're hungry for an opportunity, even if it's just for two or three hours, to just set down everything else, all their work, all the communications, and just focus on a story. And it's and it it's so my my view has changed to where I actually think that cinema has a great future Mm -hmm. because people are desiring to disconnect. And the theater is the simplest way to have the, the sacrament of the cinema, and completely disconnect and have an experience that lets you uh, escape what uh, the, the, the 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 social screens. Yeah, and like I, I would even take it take it a step
1: further, and it's 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 a similar point, but particularly after the last three years when we were told that we weren't weren't legally allowed to gather. But there was a trend even now. Forward. It's almost a rebellion. Yeah, it's a rebellion against yeah. that, but it's also a rebellion against the technology that that had separated us. And like, yeah. Um, but after three years of Zoom, we realize that, that that is not that is not human. That's something. That's else. right. Yeah. That's
0: right. And not just that. Like sound of freedom. What we're getting in the reports, uh, the director Alejandro, he went to the theater on the first weekend. An incognito, nobody knew he was there, and he watched the movie with everybody else. And he said they gave a standing ovation at the end, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Did they realize that I'm here? Why would they give a standing ovation to a screen if they yeah. don't know that the creators, the 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 filmmakers are here?" <laughs> and and then he realized they're just moved by this film in a way that standing ovation. And then he said people started hugging each other, and they're complete strangers. And we've seen this all over the Reddit threads, all over social media. People yeah. are saying, "I went to it." And at the end, I'm hugging complete strangers, and du- like one one friend texts me, he's like, "There was a double standing ovation in my one at the end of the movie, and then one at the end of Jim Caviezel's message." Yeah, and um, it's just something you don't see very much. Yeah, uh, but it's a communal experience.
1: Right. Well, you see it at, uh, and I've I've used this analogy before. You see it at certain types of of concerts where you have a really dedicated fan base and and everybody's really into it so you you end up being friends with people you've never met before and, yes and there's 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 a reason why people would spend all that money and go to all that trouble to gather mm-hmm. and I, th- I think that's part of what you're tapping into and and I, I think I think it's incredibly powerful as a not just a um, not just a short-term business model but as a as a as a branding exercise for the next project you guys have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk about um, let's talk about Q. Because <laughs> what's and I and I've watched uh, I've read a lot of these reviews and and I I, I finally got to see the movie just a couple of days ago um, mm-hmm. and everybody was dressed in pink and they had that weird word on their shirts that I didn't understand what it meant um, and um, and the theater for Sound of Freedom was still packed. I went to Georgetown, so I'm, I'm in yep. my DC mm-hmm. bubble here. Um, and I, I've been fascinated this whole time with uh, the, the hysterical reaction that, that said this, that this was this movie was just a big fat conspiracy theory, um, fever <laughs> dream of, of the far right. And I'm, first, before we get into that, um, I, I gotta sort of think that that helps you guys. Because it was uh, it was uh, the, the, that one uh, blogger shoe on head, mm-hmm. um, who I think she's, she's she's really good. right? Yeah, she's very good, very smart, and she she did a very good job of dissecting the more absurd criticisms. But she ain't no right winger, no, at all. She's not. Um, no. And she's like, I had to go see this movie because they told me I couldn't. <laughs> yes. And so I, I wonder, like, how much of this, how how much of the the overwrought
0: hysteria that just seems so absurd on its face, like, does this help, does does the controversy help? Yeah, so I follow Reddit threads. That's one of my go-to spots to figure out what the heartbeat of what's going on, and I saw a thread in, I think it was Oakland, where a guy said, I went to the theater, I was expecting either an empty seats, because these are all just paid for by some conservative billionaire, Yeah. and that they're just astroturfing this, or I was expecting. By the way, I want to meet that conservative billionaire. I hear about him, but I've, I've <laughs> yeah. never met him. Yeah, we wish we could figure out who it yeah. is too. If you no. if you meet him, let me know. <laughs> um, so the the but he he said I went in expecting it to be that or a bunch of old white evangelicals uh, like Bible thumpers. Yeah. And he's like, and I went in, and it was completely full of Latino families. Yeah. And he's like, I I'm just stunned. I can't even. He's like, maybe it's just because Latino families want the free tickets, (laughs) and he still had to try to explain away. But that's that's not patronizing at all, by the way. No, no, it's uh, but the uh, but the beauty of what's happening is there are hundreds of thousands of people that are paying it forward, Mm -hmm. and they are the median number is thirty bucks. So there's this just gigantic group that's saying, "I I love this movie. I'm going to pay it forward." And before the Q on and stuff hit, which was a surprise to us. I mean, I had, so that, to, I had that to look up Q. Yeah. I had to figure out what what is.
1: Yeah, me too. I know no more than I wanted to about. Q, but... <laughs> yeah,
0: and um, so they they go and they, um, they, we already had sold ten million dollars of tickets before Media Matters was the very first one to like. Do a cumin on. It feels like when Media Matters says something, it just like instantly disseminates to to people, and you hear it in talking points within 24 hours from all your friends, right? So
1: Media Matters is the evil lair. That, I don't know. That Q tells us about.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but but Media Matters did it like 48 hours before the movie launches, and they um, they hit, and then we start seeing just every. Uh, I didn't know Media Matters did it until like four days later. Everybody who has seen this movie knows it has nothing to do with conspiracy theories. Yeah. And so they come out, or uh, what, Shoe on Head? Is that yeah. Shoe on Head? It's yeah. an amazing channel name. <laughs> Shoe on Head. She's Get just kids today. Yeah. It's she's, crazy. She's just like, I want my money back. I was expecting a blood sucking QAnon experience based on all the media. And it was just a movie about child sex trafficking. <laughs> and. So so those people went and then they you know your brand has success uh, we build brands right that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. my history so um you know your brand has been successful when your fans eat the haters yeah you don't have to eat them for them yeah and so the fans just came in and you get uh the guardian does this big article that's just a rant and then bloomberg does one from uh, on on the same thing, and then it just starts disseminating and going throughout. But the, you look in the comments, and overwhelmingly, people are saying this is not true. It's so. fascinating. Like obviously, a lot of the people that wrote the articles, and some of them even
1: said, "I'm I'm not going to watch this, but here's my opinion anyway." But you, <laughs> you couldn't possibly watch this movie and think that it's a right wing thing.
0: No, no. In I the, mean,
1: and if you think if you think that there's something wrong with the message, you probably need to spend a little time examining yourself.
0: Yeah. Or like shoe on head, yeah. shoe on head. Did I get yeah. that right? Shoe Still? on head. Shoe on head. She that right? Said, That's
1: right. Logan. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I had just watched that, uh, just 48 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, I listened to it while I was driving actually. And yeah. she, um, she says, this is like saying that this movie is Q because Jim Caviezel has put out some theories that apparently the Q people believe too. Mm-hmm. Um, Saying it's that is like saying that Mission Impossible is Scientology adjacent because Tom Cruise believes in Scientology. Yeah. And she's like, he didn't write the movie, he didn't direct the movie, he's just an actor in the movie but because he believes one thing, then it's.
1: And she, she goes on to, to say, um, and I'll, I'll exaggerate here because um, I have this wild theory that um, there are some weirdos in Hollywood Mm-hmm. And so if we're gonna judge the quality of, of, <laughs> uh, of the work based on, on the personality traits of the actors and actresses involved, and you know, God forbid, executive producers, I can think <laughs> of certain names, um,
0: Jim's not a weirdo compared to those guys. No, no. D- <laughs> I've been around enough actors to know that if, yeah. you, if you get into um, a comfortable conversation and there's some alcohol that they've all got conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think Jim is just more open, a more open book, yeah. what, what he thinks he says, and, and um, he's a very courageous guy too, though.
1: And, and if you were inclined to believe that Q was a thing, the, the monolithic talking points that came out from um, establishment media, corporate media, trashing this movie, would suggest that there is there is a dark secret place where people get together and say we must destroy this
0: <laughs> Yeah, so i i have four i have four different theories of why this opposition is hit so hard. The first one fits with Russell Brand. Russell Brand did this wonderful twelve minute segment on the Sound of Freedom. He just says this is a new model hitting an ol- oligop- oligopoly, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't use the term oligopoly, but. He said, all these different businesses that have a, an aligned interest. He described an oligopoly. Yeah. Right. So he says, this is a new model hitting them. They don't like it. They're not in control of it. This studio is completely gone. They didn't ask permission. Angel Studios just came in out of the left field and they're shocked. And now they're fighting back with anything they can grab onto. And so all these theories are their ways to try to throw friction into the gears. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's the first one the second the second theory would be that partisan politics is taking precedent over um so as soon as the partisan dog whistles have started that the partisan politics are taking precedent over the kids yeah the message is about these kids it's about getting the word out and awareness that there's millions of kids being trafficked this is not a political thing at all but because they hear the dog whistles from their favorite press outlets They immediately just say, I'm on this side. And they don't really like there's a cognitive dissonance where they're not connecting like the importance of the one subject versus the partisan politics of the other. And they're just throwing out the importance and going after partisanism. Third one gets a little more uh, sketchy, which would be this is this is actually one hundred and fifty billion dollar a year industry worldwide. And it's bigger than Hollywood and that there are interests that probably do create talking points and they have their interests and so there could be inadvertent journalism taking talking points from cartels, child trafficking cartels, mm-hmm. and disseminating them in because of the partisan or because of the business things, right? So they're 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 inadvertent pawns. Yeah. And then the third one is which is the one that is the most seems like the internet believes is that they're just all in on it.
1: Thank you for joining me today on Kibbe on Liberty and for being part of our fiercely independent audience. Every week my organization Free the People partners with Blaze TV to bring you this show. My guests bring smart perspectives on everything from current events to timeless philosophical debates. If you like what you hear, go to freethepeople.org and support Kibbe on Liberty so we can continue to produce these honest conversations with interesting people. Now, let's get back to it. Well, I, I can go all the way up to three um, because uh, there's this great theory in economics called uh, uh, bootleggers and Baptists. Mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's a public choice theory about the, the collusion between um, people that wanted to pr- prohibit alcohol, um, the Baptists, and the, the boot. Leggers who wanted the monopoly mm-hmm. black market in in illegal alcohol sales and and it's a they're classic, actually working together. Yeah, so they're, they're working together yeah. and and maybe maybe some people are um, innocently and naively doing it for the right reasons, but they're getting played by yeah. by the people that just want to uh, control the market. So I yeah I, I very much buy that, and I I, I also like I, I would go back again to my conversation with uh, jordan last year about this because and i'm and i'm i'm going to ask you what you think i cuz i just rewatched this i don't have a great memory but i rewatched it um because because i asked him is hollywood worried about you guys and and he said well they know who we are but i, I don't i don't think so i don't i don't think we're really on their radar screen yet and and we i are now. i suggested that maybe that's coming -hmm. And this, there's this, there's this great quote from Gandhi that apparently Gandhi didn't actually say. Like, you know, first they ignore you. Or we can say he said it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, the internet says he said it, so it must be true. You know, first they ignore you, then I'm going to screw this up. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they attack you, and then you win. Yeah, and you guys, you guys are kind of in the attack phase in this, in this, in this transition. Um, but I think about it like I, I think the the economics of it is is very that's the one I believe that's the, the most I think that Russell makes Brand the most sense.
0: Russell Brand's on point and then I think from there it's a cascade down through the other ones probably yeah that you know there are some elements of those but I would say that Russell Brand's got the bulk of the motivation here the second one's partisanism and then inadvertent and yeah. then there's probably some people who are just straight up
1: evil people yeah they're they're. There's surely evil mm-hmm. people that are anxious about this. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the question, I want to get into these numbers, we were just talking about them beforehand, but um, I do think that at this point, they realize that their model is broken, and I've never ever understood mm-hmm. why Hollywood had this cartel in the first place. Um, but, but I guess in the old world of, of top-down structures, it was just very difficult to work Around the system, and you, you talked earlier about just the ability to get into theaters. That was part of the cartel structure. Um, but the production costs for your competition: um, Barbie, one hundred forty-five million dollars to make it; Indiana Jones, two hundred ninety-five million; Mission Impossible, two hundred ninety-one million; Sound of Freedom, fourteen point five million.
0: Yeah, and Sound of Freedom was actually less than ten before they got through all the process of getting it out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a 10 million dollar film and yeah. um and they did s- like the talent of that crew to be able to pull off what they did with that amount is off the charts.
1: I was shocked. I just looked up this number. I was shocked at that because the production values are fantastic. Yes. I would have I would have guessed something much higher.
0: Yeah, like Alejandro Monteverde is an underrated director who's one of the best. He's one of the best there is. He can stand toe to toe, in my opinion, with any of the, the the greats.
1: So if you can go to market with a film of that quality for $14 million, what happens to Indiana Jones 27? But I'm looking at the price inflation. Um, will they ever make another, I mean I realize Indiana Jones is done, but are they gonna keep making these, these mega budget things that just mm-hmm. don't perform in the marketplace?
0: Um, that's a good question. Uh, I I do think that there's been a giant bubble. I, I, my, uh, from what I understand is there's already been a correction and a lot of budgets are shrinking and you're not gonna see like, if you watch the new Mission Impossible, I haven't had a chance to see it yet because I've been so slammed, but um, I've been told that it doesn't feel any bigger than the last one, but the budget is way bigger. And um, and so those budgets are going to shrink back down. And there's something um, I think it's Ryan Reynolds who said, no matter how big your budget is, you're going to be out of money and out of time. No matter it's a, it's a, like it's like a law in yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> if you no matter how big it is, you're going to run out of money and run out of time. Yeah. And so the restrictions that are coming in from the bubble kind of deflating around content will probably make greater art and it will have high, higher ROI than this kind of bloated period where you're getting the stuff from the bubble finally coming to market and they they're going to be they're going to have a really hard time making profits during this different type of market and so it's the next cycle where um where filmmakers will be able to make money again because the fu- the funding uh, dollars are going to restrict them down, yeah, and that those restrictions are gonna make better art, yeah they're just gonna they're gonna make better stuff they're not just having a big budget does not mean a good film, yeah, so
1: I was wondering about this watching this movie because this this is not a conservative movie per se, but um in some ways it's it's a Christian movie that the hero is a Christian, and he wears mm-hmm. that um, openly um, you guys started with the chosen. You had success with Abraham, mm-hmm. um, and and I think there's 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 power um, producing Christian content because you have you have a community that yeah. you can lean on and you can mm-hmm. mobilize and and they're already organized. Um, do you guys have projects, experiments to, to reach beyond that 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 highly Christian. passionate market?
0: Yeah, I mean, Sound of Freedom's reached way way beyond it. Um, some of the memes and stuff you see come out, they're clearly not the core Christian group, the language that's being used. And, uh, Tuttle Twins is a one that we get lots and lots of people saying, can you guys promise not to turn Tuttle Twins into a Christian thing? Yeah. It's like, Uh, it's economics. Yeah. It's economics and freedom. And it's okay if you have some characters that are Christians because they did economics, but don't, don't turn this into a Christian thing. And, um, our, as a studio, Angel Studios, we got our start in dry bar comedy. So that's not Christian. It's of 650 comedians, the largest library of stand-up comedy. It is family safe, meaning we're, I would say we're a family values company mm-hmm. more than a, like, yes, the, the founders are Christians and we care deeply about that, but we want the content to be anything that amplifies light. Yeah. And so that that can fit uh, um, a, a huge swath. We have stand up comedy, lar- largest library of stand up comedy in the world with Dry Bar Comedy. And we get a billion views a year, and it has 150 million viewers worldwide of Dry Bar Comedy. We have The Chosen, <clears throat> which is Christian content, it's the, the biblical narrative and of the Gospels. And it's got 130 million viewers worldwide. Um, you have Tuttle Twins, which is freedom oriented. You have Wingfeather Saga, which is a fantasy, it's it's not, it's more like JRR, it's token or, um, or uh, CS Lewis yeah. style. Um, then you have, um, we have a Founding of America project coming, which is on the entire the, the one if you look at film. The founding of the united states which is the single most powerful country that's ever existed and the most wealthy country that's ever existed there is a dearth of content or that's even okay well done you got a lot of documentaries and stuff but there's not very much great content around the founding of america and so our vision is is can we build a universe around just you can, there's so many different series that can be made around the founding it's complex and there's good and there's evil and there's slavery and there's people trying to fight for individual rights and high ideals and what happened, you know, there's just so much there. Yeah If you've made it this far into the show, it means I must be doing something right. Kibi on
1: Liberty is just one of the amazing products we created for the people. We tell emotionally compelling stories and produce educational videos for the Liberty Curious. Our award-winning documentaries personalize all things liberty, independence, creativity, hard work, integrity, and perseverance. After the show, check out our work at freethepeople.org. And if you like what you see, donate to support what we do. That's freethepeople.org. Now back to the show. Um, Well, my my sense, it was a loaded question because I I was hoping you would answer that way because I, I think the... I think what Hollywood has done more and more is they become a caricature of themselves, and they're they're making um, they're making content that one is just boring. Like I don't need to mm-hmm. see the
0: has soulless content, right? It's soulless
1: content. Like I don't need another CGI Marvel movie. I just <laughs> don't think I can make through it again. Um, but like. They're also in a in a weirdo bubble that doesn't really reflect, you know, what I would call um, American values.
0: No, no, it doesn't. And and or um, global values. It yeah. just doesn't match anymore. they they they're getting further and further. And this is a correction. Angel is part of a wave. We can see the corrections happening. We know where the puck is headed, mm-hmm. and we're part of that wave. And hopefully, helping lead that wave. To a to a different type of content and and I I think uh, one really good way to explain a huge portion of Hollywood's content is, is people are sick of nihilistic content yeah and that's all the gatekeepers want if you talk to filmmakers in Hollywood these these guys were the the, the industry of Hollywood we love and the filmmakers are like they they love what we're doing and it's the gatekeepers in Hollywood that we're working to replace yeah because they're the ones that are causing this kind of Come in and just turn it into every every great story has to turn into a nihilistic ending. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we're we're against that. We want endings with meaning. We want endings that, that that teach families and kids to have courage and have ethics and morals and and that there's right and wrong in the world. And it's not every single person. You know, the, the moral of every story isn't everybody sucks and everybody's bad. Right. <laughs> I miss I miss good guys. Yes. Who beat bad guys and good guys
1: that that win by yep. doing the right thing. Cause, that's right. Because that's um, that's certainly what I grew up on, mm-hmm. um, and gives you something to aspire to. So you're in Washington D.C., um, the belly of the beast. Welcome. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Thank you. Do you feel like <laughs> It's like the precious, do you feel <laughs> the, corrupted yet?
0: The, the ring, yeah, or the the iron throne, yeah, yeah. Um, I always I always say to people: the problem is the ring. It's not it's not the people. Like no, as long as that ring is there, the the problem is going to stay. It's my favorite Thomas Massey metaphor because he
1: he talks about his congressional pin mm-hmm. as as precious. <laughs> um, but but you're here. There's going to be a showing of the movie in Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you'll come out of that
0: intact. But t- tell me what's going on. So the um, hopefully it's bipartisan. The, uh, they're the 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 minority leader, if I understand right, and the majority leader of Congress are coming together to watch this movie, and um, that they they want to see the movie. They want to they want to screen it. They feel like it's an important issue. Um, my the, the the line that keeps coming through my mind is uh, Ronald Reagan saying the said the nine most dangerous words that you ever hear is we're the government and we're here to help I, yeah. I'm not sure I even I probably got the number of words wrong but <laughs> we're the government and we're here to help so there's a there's a like um, you know my background personally I just concerns me I, yeah. I want I I um we want to end child sex slavery, um, but we also don't want to do more harm than good, and that can happen with people who bring fake solutions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it in the context of um, legislators always hijack these things, and, and, I, I, and I'm a libertarian, I, I know you sort of lean that way too, but every war that Congress has declared on some social ill, has made that social ill twice as bad as it was before they started. And you could talk about the war on poverty, and mm-hmm. the war on drugs, and the war on terror, and, and I just hope that they, um, the, the goal should be to let people know. And you mentioned cartels. I, I don't know anything about um, how to solve this issue, but I'm assuming that it is exactly the same cartels that have, that have grown so dangerous and strong because of the war on drugs.
0: I'm also not an expert, I mean I'm a distributor, yeah. and I know how to get a film out, and I'm very passionate about this subject, yeah. and I feel like if we could get every single parent in America to know, and th- this movie's 15 years old, I mean it's the, the storyline is 15 years yeah. old, and yeah. these kids, um, the way that the tactics they use, so my wife's Brazilian, and when we're in the airport in Brazil, there are videos and signs all over. If if there's somebody taking you to be in a model, in an agency, don't go talk to the police. Yeah. If there's somebody telling you you're going to be a soccer star, go talk to the police because they're not. You know these. Are, this is trafficking. Yeah. And they're they're educating all over and all over Brazil and the airports about this exact same thing, but that's actually an older version of what's happening with child sex slavery. Um. Today, it has to do with like what parents need to understand is their kids are um, being approached through online predators. Mm-hmm. We now have smartphones. We now have, my daughter was with her friend. She's just, um, she's young. And, uh, and she was with her friend and they were on a Minecraft chat, which my kids don't really play that, but because she was her friend, they were playing Minecraft. And then somebody got in and started chatting with them And then pretty soon they were, there was supposedly a nine year old chatting with them and then said, where do you guys go to school? You know, what's your name trying to get information. And then she said, she shut the computer and she came and talked to me. Yeah. And that happened during the process of releasing this film. And I was like, okay, let me talk to you about what the risk is here. And, um, and so it's kids that, Predators grooming kids until they are so upset at their parents at some point, and then they run away from home and they go to the person that they think is their friend. The way is much more sophisticated now. Yeah. And um, so, if we can educate, if this film can educate parents alone on how to protect their own kids, huge win. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the, but I, I agree with you. I think that there is tremendous danger in Congress trying to figure out how to declare war on this, I think that, that 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 could potentially end up doing more harm than good if it's not very well thought out and tied to correct principles. Yeah. Shift shift
1: the power to parents. Knowledge is power. And and when I saw it and, and the call to action, I was just thinking people need to know. Yes. And people don't know and and that's that's the mission of this film, and that's mm-hmm. that's what the, the Caviezel's call to action was. Just let's need, let the world know. Let's help other people see this film.
0: Yes, yeah, and um, if you look at Harriet Beecher Stowe in the 1800s, stumbles into slavery. What people don't realize is in the 1800s, people weren't, they were aware slavery existed, but they weren't aware how broad and how heavy and how horrendous it was. So she stumbles into it while she's traveling, realizes what she's just heard about in the, in the side and then goes back to her sister and says, what do I do? And her sister says, well, you write, write something. So she wrote uncle Tom's cabin and it became the best-selling book behind the Bible. And then Abraham Lincoln credited her, credited her with actually starting the civil war. Now we don't want this movie to start a war. Um, but we do want it to do, to have the end effect of what that book did for slavery, with modern day slavery, and I've felt like with our own team, what we've done is we've set it up to where the, all these pay it forwards, these millions and millions of dollars of pay it forwards, they're coming in. Their first priority, there are over six thousand nonprofits that fought, that fight child sex slavery, and those nonprofits are all doing different elements and different attacks on how to to fix this problem. And so what we've done is we say, the first and priority for pay it forwards is if a nonprofit wants to rent a, uh, an auditorium, uh, a theater, and bring in all their connections and educate them on first what the problem is and how they solve the problem, then we will pay for the auditorium. We'll, we'll reimburse them for what they getting that auditorium as long as they fill it at least 70% full. So if they are a small nonprofit, they can just go get a little one. If they're a big one, they can get a big one and then they can raise their own money and use this film and the the hotness of this film to bring people into these private showings and have, um, and we're, and that's the first priority for pay it forwards is help all these nonprofits. But the idea is, is there's no specific nonprofit. That would be, that would be our mistake. I think as angel studios, where we're not even experts on anything but just getting the word out Mm -hmm. is picking a nonprofit as a winner would be a big problem. And so we're trying to say every single nonprofit that's got the, um, the grit to just jump in, invite all their contacts. They can set up a screening. They'll get everybody there. Then they can explain how the problem has progressed and how it is today and how they solve it. And then we'll reimburse those screens. And so but the idea is is if we if we don't pick the solution as Angel Studios, then hopefully the awareness will create solutions all over the world. Yeah.
1: So how do people um, find the film? How do they find um, you guys if they want to invest in other projects and, and how do they pay it
0: forward? Awesome. Okay, so you can go to angel.com slash freedom and you can get tickets, free tickets for yourself. So this, like like I said, if, if you're wondering about whether or not this film's for you, just go get a free ticket. There's plenty of them. And um, and it's like the first time in history where you can just go watch a movie. This, for me, is growing up, I grew up in a very uh, poor family. And I all the way until I was an adult, the only thing I ever watched were dollar movies. That was it. And I probably watched them like three or four times because that was even a sacrifice. So the opportunity... To be able to go to a really great movie and a great cinema, it's cinematic experience. There's a lot of people with Sound of Freedom that are having that this experience for the first time in their lives because they get these these free tickets that other people have paid it forward. If you want to pay it forward, same page. You can pay it forward for a couple people. You can pay it forward for ten thousand people, and then uh, there are also showtimes on that site, and it's in over three thousand two hundred theaters across the country pretty much everywhere you go you can you can see sound of freedom and you can go watch the movie and um, and learn learn for yourself whether or not it's a conspiracy theory yeah. <laughs> and you, you might be like uh, shoe on head where she's just like give me my money back I was expecting something way more exciting than this <laughs> based on what they had um, but it's a, it's an excellent film it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience well it might be 99, 100 usually sitting at a hundred, which is the, the highest rated movie of its scope ever from the audience. And the, that scores from people who actually bought tickets. So the stuff you read online about people saying they hate the movie, most of them have not seen the movie. Yeah, And then it's 75% from critics, which is also really good considering how much how left the the critics world is and that once they watch the movie same thing they're like actually this was a good movie and it just means the Q has taken over the critics yeah community yeah, as well. they're, yeah. yeah they're yeah, everywhere yeah the Q, Q is Q has infiltrated the Hollywood critics <laughs> so so that's how you just go watch it yeah. and and give tickets to your friends like if you're teenagers go grab a bunch of free tickets and take your whole entire friend group to the movie for free and be this be the hero
1: Cool, that's that's a good call to action, and we'll leave it there. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for watching. If you liked the conversation, make sure to like the video, subscribe, and also ring the bell for notifications. And if you want to know more about Free the People, go to freethepeople.org.